You are listening to the Veterinary Life Coach Podcast with Dr. Julie Capel, episode number seven. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Today, I want to talk about leadership and how we have better relationships with the people that follow us or even the people that we associate with every day. And how do we become better at relationships and how do we become better leaders? And the subject that I wanted to use today um, to learn about some techniques in building better relationships is personality profiling and specifically the DISC personality profile system. And the reason that I think personality profiling is so important to becoming a good leader and understanding yourself and understanding others is I think if you can study Uh, personalities by using some of these behavior tools that you can teach yourself to handle everyone better and not necessarily change them, but change the way you think about them in order to make not only your relationship better, but influence them better with better leadership style. And I over the years, using the DISC tool, it has become super important to me and the way I understand the people that work for me and around me and even my clients. It helps me to understand how they want to be approached and the things that I can do to have a better relationship with them and build a better rapport through using the DISC profiling system. So today we're going to talk about relationships um, over and over again, because I think it's a really um, important topic in order to become a good leader. But I really do um, have the best grasp on the DISC personality profiling profiling system personally. And I feel um, like that's going to be something easy for us to grasp Um, on this podcast. So it's going to be a little bit informal. I'm going to try not to go too deep into this subject. It's something that you can study up on yourself, and I'm sure we'll be talking about it again. There's great um, information out there on DISC profiles, um, but I'd like to basically touch on it and then why I think it's such a great tool to use in your life as a veterinarian and how it can make your relationships better with basically everybody, if you think about it. So let's get started. Um, basically, this DISC assessment tool, um, it's if you can't, if you've never learned about it before, D-I-S-C is the way it is um, written online, if you want to look it up. And it stands for four different personality types. And it was basically based on the theory of a psychologist. And his name was William Moulton Marston. And it was um, created apparently back um, in 1928 when he was conducting research on um, human emotions. And he published a book called Emotions of Normal People. 
Um, and it's evolved over the years. Several other people have taken it um, and changed it and molded it. Um, there was somebody, um, I think, in the 60s um, that used it and molded it into more of a descriptive um, self-assessment tool. And then it was also turned into um, an actual tool that you can use in your business. You can become certified in disc profiling. Um, if you've been in any leadership courses, probably in the last 10 to 20 years, you've probably heard of it and been put through it um, as I've been put through it, oh gosh, at least 20 times. I can say that I've taken it in different um, leadership and learning situations, um, continuing education classes and things like that. But it's been, it was turned into a personal profiling system, I think in the 70s. And then it was turned into basically kind of a business where they certify people um, through, I think the company's name is Wiley, um, has a whole DISC certification um model or assessment that you can do and and learn how to give and um and pay for. But anyway, um that's kind of a, a brief history of it. And um what I would like to do is go through um how we use DISC as a model to help us better our relationships. So the D I S and the C stand for different um personality I don't want to say they're necessarily traits, personality traits. They're more like personality preferences and how you prefer to interact with other people and how you prefer to be interacted with. Um, and the four are, the D stands for dominance, the I stands for influence, the S stands for steadiness, and the C stands for conscientiousness. And basically those are the four personality or behavior styles that are outlined in this DISC model. So I'm going to go through each one and give you just a little bit of a uh, description of what that personality style prefers. And then um, I'll use myself as an example of a lot of these things because I am a D and an I mostly. And every time I've taken the test, I've come up high D and high I. I've not come up high S or C ever. And um, no matter how many times I've taken it, I've had a little bit of a higher I or a little bit of a lower D, depending on what frame of mind I'm taking the test in. But basically, I believe it's super accurate because it always comes up with those two highs for me. And once you go through them and read about them, you'll be able to get why it's so helpful in relating to other people. So the first one that I want to talk a little bit about is dominance. And this is something that I have um, pretty high uh, behavior styles in. And a dominance person places emphasis on accomplishing results. They, they like the bottom line. They're pretty confident people. They, their behaviors revolve around kind of seeing the big picture. They, um, they are the type of person that's motivated by winning and competition and success, 
which is definitely me. I'm super competitive. I love competitions and it doesn't matter how big or how, how small. If somebody tells me that you get to win at something, even if it's like charades or something crazy like that, that we do um, at staff meetings, I always want to win. And um, sometimes it doesn't matter how I win. Um, I'm not a cheater, but if there's winning involved, look out, I'll knock you over. And so people with the, the high D personality style are like that. We like to win. We like to be successful. We like to be challenged and accept challenges. We are action oriented. We like immediate results. Um, we're described as direct, demanding, forceful, uh, driven, fast paced, um, we have a tendency to not be highly concerned for other people. We are impatient, which is definitely me. I'm super impatient in most instances, although the older I've gotten and the more I've studied personality profiling and the more I've um, led groups of people and been a leader, I have developed much more patience. And as you all know, if you work as a veterinarian or you work in the veterinary profession, you have to be very patient because clients will certainly, clients will definitely try your patience and animals do as well. Although I've definitely always been very patient with animals and I think it's because I love them so much. But impatience is one of the traits of a high D person. So they're the people that come into your office with, you know, two things they want done. And they'll be like, look, doc, I just need this vaccine. I don't want to do anything else. Just give them the rabies, draw the blood or whatever you got to do. Get me out of here. I don't want the details. I don't care. Just get me out of here. I want this done and I want to move on to my next task. So those are the kind of clients that will come into you or somebody that works for you will be somebody that doesn't want a lot of detail. They just want to get it done. So that's how you can understand somebody with a high D personality style. They may fear being seen as vulnerable. Um, they don't want to be seen as somebody that um, is weak. And they value results. They want to have their freedom. Um, they don't want you to micromanage them. And they prefer challenges. So those are some of the things about the high D personality person or the dominance personality style. And I'm going to go through each one and um, then we'll go back um, and talk about a little bit more about the things that you can do to um, make these people happy or at least um, adjust your personality style and use your understanding of their personality to work better with them. So the next um, personality trait or the next letter in the DISC, D-I-S-C, is the I, and that stands for influence. And the I person is the person that places emphasis on influencing others or persuading others. They are they highly value relationships. Um, they're super enthusiastic. They're the people that like to talk in your group. They like to um, be the center of attention a lot of times. They are warm. They're optimistic. They're trusting. They have the, that magnetic 
um, kind of personality that draws you to them. Um, they're super convincing and that's what the influencing um, is all about. So they will convince you to see things their way. Um, and I, like I said before, I am a D and an I. And so I do, I like to talk. I like to try to influence people to seeing things my way. And that's one of the reasons that I do what I do. Um, I like to be a leader. I like to lead teams. I like to um, join people together and get, you know, be, gather them together for a common goal. And um, I love collaboration. And that's something that people with a high eye uh, personality uh, preference. Uh, that's part of their personality. They're enthusiastic. They are motivated by being socially recognized, um, which I see in some of my employees that are high eye. I am not particularly um, into um, that social recognition per se. However, um, being in high eye, I'm sure that's part of my, I don't think it is, but I'm sure it's part of my motivation. Um, we, people that are high, I love group activities and, um, we, our fear comes from disapproval or being ignored or being dismissed. Um, that is not something that we value. We, we do not enjoy that. We value coaching and counseling, which is one of the reasons that I do what I do with my coaching. Um, I love that. I love getting people that are in uh, disagreement. I love getting them together and setting them down in a little group and working that out. Um, that is super motivating to me. I love, I love conflict and then coming out on the other side with resolution. And that is, that is part of my high I personality. We like freedom of expression. We like democracy. We like voting and, you know, taking a consensus. And so that is all part of the high I. Um, we like to be friendly. We like to everyone to be happy. Um, we kind of like to be popular, those kind of things. So if you have somebody in your circle of influence that is super chatty and likes to be the center of attention and wants everybody to, you know, play together and have a good time, that is your high I person. And those people can be super valuable in your organization because they can really help you. If you're not a high I person, you can definitely get them to do a lot of the things that you don't like doing um, as far when it comes to influencing people and, and gathering people and, and getting them to work together. Um, so the, four, the third um, letter in the DISC, D-I-S-C, is S. And that S stands for steadiness. Now, this is a person that places their emphasis on cooperation. They're very sincere. They're very dependable. Um, they're the kind of person that doesn't like to rock the boat. Um, uh, there are a lot of these people in veterinary medicine. A lot of your receptionists will be high S people. Some of your managers will be um, because they want everybody happy. I've had, um, my most recent manager is a very high S and she's awesome because she loves everybody and everybody loves her. And these are those kind of people. These are very steady people. They're motivated, motivated, 
um, by appreciation. They want somebody to tell them they're doing a good job, but they'll never ask for it like a high I person will. They will basically sit back quietly and wait for appreciation, and they're highly motivated by that. So the best thing you can do for them is give them that appreciation and, and tell them that they're they're loved and appreciated and valued. Um, they love giving support to other people. They love collaboration. They don't want big, loud parties, but they want everybody to be on the same page. They love calmness. They're very, very patient. They're super predictable. Um, they're very deliberate and stable um, in their behavior. So you can pretty much always figure what they're going to do. If you know them, that they're a high S person, you kind of can peg them pretty quickly. Um, they will sometimes to their detriment um, be over accommodating or over giving. Um, one of my receptionists that I just thought of um, is so sweet that she'll bend over backwards for anybody um, and she'll work long hours and she'll um, never complain and it ends up being to her detriment sometimes because she'll get overstressed. And, you know, these people have a tendency to stuff down all their negative feelings because they want everybody else to be happy. And um, they they can actually be the type of people that gunny sack their bad feelings where it'll just build up and build up and build up and, and eventually their head will pop off. You know, it'll just blow and they'll end up kind of having a meltdown. So these are the people that if they work for you and you're not one of them, if you're not a high S um, or if, if you're like a DI like I am, you won't notice these people because you won't um, have them on your radar. You'll you'll just think everybody's happy because they look happy on the outside, um, but they, they aren't always. And if you, these S people, if you throw too much at them in the way of change, um, they'll feel unstable and off balance and they will get very stressed out because they fear change. Um, they value loyalty. They value helping other people. So they're great in the veterinary world um, because all they want to do is make clients happy. So you definitely want these people on your team, but you do, you do also have to pay attention to them because, um, you know, they can stuff all their negative feelings down and then you can end up losing them because you stress them out so much and you weren't paying attention. If you are one of these people, um, just be cognizant of the fact that you don't like change and you may have to, um, change at times and you can, if you have the right attitude around change. So that's our steady person. That's our high S person. So we've been through D, I, and S, and our last letter in the DISC system is C, which is conscientiousness. Um, these are the people that are your quality control people. They place their emphasis on accuracy. Um, they are very co competent and they want everyone to be competent. They are the people that will read directions before they do anything unlike the D's and the I's, which will just plow ahead and not 
you know, try to put something together without reading the directions. These C people want everything in its place, every, you know, T crossed, I, I dotted. These are your detail people. And um, for people that are non-detailed, they are super valuable. They're going to be slower paced, however, and so that's something that you're going to have to honor. If you're a fast-paced D or an I and you have a C person that you need because of their their um, detail, you're going to have to be patient because they're not going to do things fast. They are going to do things very accurately and they are going to make very few mistakes because they have this perfectionism that they can't overcome. And that is going to make them slow to act, but also when they do act, it's going to be accurate in most cases. So they're motivated by um, opportunities or the ability to gain knowledge. They love learning. They like to show what they know. They like to be the experts. They like to produce quality work. And like I said before, perfection. Um they like everything stable. They don't like the parties like the high I people do. They don't want to play the fun games at your staff meeting. And this was something I had to learn early on when I first became a leader years ago is I thought everybody loved games and everybody wanted to have fun and everybody wanted to go to the party. But when I would come up with a fun you know, competition or game at my staff meetings, these are the people that don't like that. They don't want to be in the limelight. They want everything to be stable and diplomatic. They don't want um, you know, chaos. They don't like it. So these are your careful people, your cautious people, your accurate people. They're, they're usually very tactful um, unless they get to the point where they're ready to explode like the high S's, they will also gunny sack um, and then they'll lose their tact. But for the most part, they're your super nice people. Nothing will ever come out of their mouth um, that isn't well thought out. They can limit themselves by being overcritical of themselves or overanalyzing. They will sometimes isolate themselves. They're um, usually more of your introverted people, although not always. Your high C's can be extroverts, but um, they are oftentimes more of your introverts. They hate criticism. They, they loathe it. They fear it um, because they're so accurate. They hate being wrong. And they will like beat themselves up for days or weeks if they're ever wrong about something or they ever make a mistake. So it's your job as their leader to reassure them when a mistake does get made that it's not that big of a deal, that you value the fact that they love accuracy so much um, and that they you don't want to ever let them feel like you don't value them. And that's hard for people that are high D and high S because, you know, a lot of times people, the D and the S people, will talk before we think. Um, and that's one of my biggest faults is things will come out of my mouth before I really even think about it. And I've had to learn over the years to stop before I let things fly out of my mouth because things that you say, especially to these conscientious people can be very damaging if you criticize them or, um, you know, disagree with them even because they've really thought about, what they want to say and and the work that they want to present. And if you don't like it or you disagree with it, they are going to be super hurt. And um, 
and it's, it's going to be difficult for them to overcome. And so these people are going to go away and brood and, you know, and, and as a, as a super fast paced action person, you're going to have a hard time noticing them. So, you know, train yourself to notice them. And then if you are one of these conscientious people, be aware that your leaders or if your leaders are a high I or a high D, that sometimes they'll say things that they don't really mean or things will come out of their mouth um, and they'll criticize your work. And that's not a personal criticism. So be aware as a conscientiousness person that not every time someone disagrees with you or criticizes your work, it, should it be a personal affront. You should be able to take that in and, you know, deal with it because it isn't always, you know, a personal attack on you, even though you're going to want it or you're going to think that it is. So that those are your four types, dominance, influence, steadiness, and conscientiousness. And if you look at people in your workplace um, that you're working with and you can kind of think about them one at a time and look at the way they behave every day, um, you can learn what their personality preference is because this is, this is something that is a little bit inbred in us. I mean, I don't, I don't think I can control the way I am. I think I was kind of born this way as a DI type of person. However, everybody has all these four characteristics in their personality bag. You know, we, I can be an S I can be super calm and, and accommodating. I can be. I can also be very conscientious when I need to be. Obviously, as a veterinarian, there are times when I have to be detailed. Um, when I'm doing surgery, for instance, I have to be detailed or else if I'm not, I'm going to get myself into big trouble. So we all have all four of these traits. It's just that we tend to prefer um, some of them over others. And some people have a super high D and that's all that's high in their, in their stack of these four. Um, some people are super steady and they're, and they're almost all S some people are super conscientious and they're almost all C. Um, and then some of us are combinations where, you know, I'm an influencer. I love, I, my high eye is always there as long as I'm relaxed. But if I get pushed into a stressful situation, that's usually when my deal come up and I can make decisions super fast. I can boss people around. I can be super bossy um, if I need to be. I don't prefer to be, but it, it's something that I'm, I'm good at or um, I don't know. I don't know if you want to call bossy good, but it can be. I guess if a dis quick decision has to be made and, and people can't make one or they're too um, caught in their analysis paralysis. Um, so to speak. So let's do a couple of examples of how we can use this in um, the workplace to make us better leaders. Um, I'm, I think what I'll do is talk about a couple of my employees and what their behavior um, personality preferences are and how I've been able to, through, through learning DISC, and understanding them better, um, I have bettered my relationship with them. And there's one in particular. I have a technician that works for me, and she's worked for me for many years. 
um, and I'm not going to use her name, um, but if she were to listen to this podcast, she'd probably know that I'm talking about her. Um, But she has a tendency to be a very, very strong C um, with, I think, what's probably um, her secondary trait is an S. She is very low D and very low I. So that means that she is particularly a quiet person. She um, not necessarily has to be an introvert. However, this particular person is an introvert. She's very prideful in her technical skills. She's an awesome technician. She's very, very good at what she does. Um, And she's very conscientious. She's the person that if we've got something that needs to be assembled, she loves, um, you know, little pieces and parts to put together and following instructions and directions and reading all the manuals. You know, this is this person. And so when I first started working with this person, before I really had a good grasp, like I said, she's been working for me for, for, seems like forever, but for many, many years. Um, When I first met her and started working with her, um, she was very frustrating to me because I didn't really understand why she did things the way she did things. She's very slow paced. She doesn't like chaos. She likes everything to be very calm. She prefers to work back in the surgery area where, you know, she kind of has control of the pace of the way things are going. Um, And she can lay out everything, you know, step by step and figure out all her drug dosages and, you know, make a plan and have everything kind of go according to that plan. She doesn't prefer to be up in the exam room area where things are fast and furious and in and out and clients are changing their minds and, you know, you can't really plan. She um, is more comfortable being in the lab or being back taking x-rays because it works to her strengths. And when I first started working with her, I couldn't understand why, you know, she didn't want to work with the clients. And I couldn't understand why, you know, everything took so long in surgery and why did it take so long to get the drugs figured out and the surgery area set up. And, you know, I I was very impatient with her um, and very frustrated by her and um, just really didn't understand why I stressed her out, you know, because I did, because being a DNNI working around somebody that's super high C, um, you know, I stress them out, but I don't feel like I'm stressed out. So why am I making this person stressed out? So these are some of the things that went through my head is, you know, what's wrong with this girl? You know, why is she so slow? And why does everything take so long? And, you know, why does she hate conflict? And why does she get so upset if I question her or, you know, say, what's taking so long? You know, what's wrong with this picture, you know, and not understanding. And as I worked with her more and more, and I was able to watch the way she worked, and I I took some disc profiling, and I started to learn about the different personality preferences, I really started to understand why she does things the way she does things, because she is not She's not a dominance person. She doesn't make quick decisions. She's not an influencer. She's not super chatty. But man, is she conscientious. And that's super awesome when you're in a surgery situation, right? Um, 
she's definitely not going to make a mistake when it comes to figuring out the drug dosages. She's definitely not going to make a mistake when it comes to putting in the catheter. She's not going to do it fast, but it's going to be done right. We're not going to have a catheter that comes out halfway through surgery or, you know, causes a big bruise on the dog's arm or whatever. She's not going to do that because she is so conscientious. And when I started to realize that about her and started to really look at her in a different light and approach her in a different way, we became so much better in our relationship. Um, I'm probably still do stress her out at times because, you know, I haven't changed who I am, but I've learned to appreciate her and use her in a way that I know she'll be more comfortable. So I don't put her in the exam rooms, uh, you know, unless I have to, I keep her where she feels more comfortable. Um, I let her take the x-rays because shoot, if I put a high D person back there taking x-rays, they're not going to be as good. Her x-rays are perfect most of the time. And so why not have her in an area where she feels better and she does a better job. And so this is how we improved our relationship. I learned that when she was my surgery tech, that I needed to go find something else to do. So I didn't become impatient. You know, I could go get something else done while she was getting surgery ready, rather than hang over her head and make her nervous and make myself impatient. And because she's a very conscientious person and steady, I don't have to worry about her making a mistake. I don't need to hang over her head. In fact, she's going to be the one that catches me when I make a mistake. And that's awesome. You know, people that are non um, or don't appreciate or don't enjoy detail like I don't, um, I can do it. I just don't enjoy it. Need people around that love that and can correct us or keep an eye on us. And if you can appreciate that about somebody and realize that you need them in your life, you're not going to, you know, go through your hospital like a, uh, I don't know, like a bat out of hell or a, a bull in a china shop or whatever, you know, thing you, you want to say. You're not going to go through there and be like, well, I want everybody to be like me. I want everyone to be fast paced. I want everybody to be excitable and happy and chatty. No, I don't. I want people in my practice that are conscientious and are steady and are quieter and more observing. And if I can approach them in a quiet, respectful way and realize that they need encouragement and they need appreciation from me in order to open up to me, I'm going to have a so much better relationship. And that's what happened with me and this person, this technician of mine. We, over the years, have developed an awesome relationship. And for the most part, I think she still fears me a little bit and doesn't really appreciate the way I do things all the time. But she has learned to appreciate me and has learned to come to me when she has to make a decision that's difficult or when she's feeling stressed out, you know, get to get reassurance from me. And, and I think we've definitely um, become a good team. And also, she's somebody in my practice that can do the things that I don't want to do and a lot of other people don't want to do. We don't want to do the controls on the lab machines. Oh, that's boring. That sucks for those of us that are a DN and I. But man, she loves it. So why not let her do it? And that's what I'm saying. When you learn these personality styles in your practice environment, it's going to make you such a better leader because you're going to appreciate everybody for who they are. 
um, you're going to appreciate the steady people. Um, for example, that one receptionist that I talked about that's at my front desk, who's super steady and super loving, you're going to appreciate her. And you're going to know that a lot of the times she's super stressed out under the under the veil uh, or the outward appearance of her steadiness and her love and trying to make everybody happy and speaking in a super kind way. The clients love her because she's so sweet and so awesome. And she'll try to make every one of them happy by doing anything she can and bending over backwards. Um, so if you have a receptionist or you have someone in your practice, a technician or even a doctor that's super steady, appreciate them you know, and, and know that the clients appreciate them because they are going to be a lot more understanding and loving um, and build better and stronger relationships than perhaps you are if you're a dominance person or an influencer and you're not going to notice because you're too busy getting stuff done or running around and like listening to yourself talk like some of us do. So appreciate those people. So um, the conscientious technician that I have, the steady receptionist that I have, uh, my manager's super steady and super conscientious. You know, the people that are combinations of those two things are awesome people. You know, they re really, really are. And anybody in this disc, you know, if you really study them and try to understand them, you're going to find ways to appreciate them. Even the super chatty influencer people that drive you nuts if you're a, if you're a conscientiousness person. Look at the high influence people. And I have some of those. I, I am one of those, but I have another doctor who's also a high eye person um, in the disc I have who's super high eye. She's more high than I am. And she'll talk your ear off, but but she's lovely and the clients love her because she is so chatty and personable. And the staff loves her too, you know, even though sometimes she drives the steady and the conscientious is crazy because she changes her mind a lot and she's super fast. Um, but appreciate that, appreciate that person in your practice and realize that in any dynamic or team dynamic that you need a combination of these people and you will have a tendency to be drawn more towards people that are more like you. But once you really study the personalities and you understand why you need these different people in your environment to make it more balanced, you will start to get a more balanced team and, and you'll be able to run your team more efficiently and understand, you know, why people do some of the things that they do. And if you can show them that you understand them, you're going to have a much, much better relationship with them and you're going to change. And I've changed a lot over the years because I understand, um, this disc system and some of the other systems that I want to talk about in other podcasts that I do really think you'll help. So I would encourage you to really study this. Um, and maybe before we close, let's see if I can come up with a couple of other examples of how you can use this in practice. Um, perhaps in, let's talk about if you're hiring people. Um, that's a pretty good thing to do if you're hiring or even if you're interviewing. Let's say you need somebody, you're you're interviewing for a receptionist position. Let's use that as an example. So as a receptionist, the things that you're going to want your receptionist to be able to do is you're going to want them to be personable, number one. 
You're going to want them to be conscientious, I think, um, and handle the detail. You would love them to be very friendly and on the phone, possibly chatty. Um, you may want them to be fast paced you, or you may not mind if they're a little bit slower paced um, because they're going to make less mistakes. And so if you're getting ready to interview for that position, you might sit down and say, okay, based on the DISC system, what kind of person would I prefer? And I'm not saying that you would not consider somebody with any style because each style is going to have its advantages for your different um, your different clients or your different team members. So any one of those four characteristics could be something that you're looking for. But if you sit down and say, all right, I want to be conscious I want to be conscious of my personality training when as I'm interviewing and try to figure out what kind of person this is or what kind of personality um, style they prefer. And then ask my questions in order to see if they'll fit in my team. Because let's say all your receptionists are high I's and high D's. So you've got a team of, let's say, three receptionists each day. And if every one of them is a D and an I, chances are they're going to be getting a whole heck of a lot done really, really fast. But they're going to be out in the waiting room chatting and petting the dogs and being really loud and, you know, making quick decisions. And they're going to be making mistakes in the cash drawer or on the, um, let's say, making appointments. There might be more mistakes. You know, they're just they're just going to be making a lot of mistakes. So perhaps if you understand that you do already have, you know, three DIs or you have two I's and one S and you need to hire, let's say a fourth receptionist, maybe you'll want to try to get somebody that's more in that steady or that conscientious vein. And maybe that's what you'll be more, um, you'll look more for when you're doing your interviews. So think about this when you're building your team. My team um, when we did the disc profiling together, um, we had one technician that was basically point for point exactly like me. Um, and then we had a doctor that was very C and I, um, I mean, C and S. Um, we have one doctor that's super high I. We have another doctor that's more of a D and an I, although um, I think she's more of a D and a C. Um, she's much more conscientious um, than than perhaps I am as far as the detail preference goes. She's got all her books marked, you know, for different things. So, you know, we have a pretty good blend of doctors. And, and when I go to interview my next doctor, I'm probably going to look for somebody that's a little more steady and not so high I or high D because we are more um, pushed towards that high eye personality style in our doctors. Same thing with my technicians. I have, I definitely have a group of probably three or four technicians that are more on the S and C side. And then um, the rest are more of the DNI personality style. Um, and this can help you in hiring and it can help you in conflict resolution with your team if you understand where they're coming from. Um, if you have somebody that's super high D, 
or an I, and they don't understand this whole disc system or this whole personality preferences system, they're going to be hard on your CNS people. But if you can sit down and explain this to them and say, look, you know, I know they're frustrating to you because they're slower paced, but they have value because they're helping you be more detailed and they're helping us get things done that we don't necessarily love to do. And I've had these conversations with my team members. So I hope that you will go out and study disc profiling. I'm sure I'll talk about it again because I love it. I think it's really interesting and I'm not an expert at it, but I've been using it for a long, long time. So I think I have a pretty good grasp on it. There's other personality profiling systems out there that some people think are more accurate. Um, and I agree that there are. They're a little bit harder to grasp. And so at some point, I do want to talk about them. But for this podcast, I just want to go through the disc and get a basic understanding about it and use it in a few examples to help you in your business. And um, whether you're a leader, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a technician in a leadership role, or whether you don't have a leadership role at all, but you'd like to be a leader, I really think this can help you become um, better at understanding your fellow, um, your coworkers and your team members. And it can really also help you understand the people that you have in personal relationships and help you become a better friend, a better leader, a better doctor, a better technician. And I really think that um, it's useful. So I hope you've enjoyed this podcast let me know if you have, and I will be super happy to speak to you either online or if you want to leave me a uh, message, I would love to hear from you. And um, I really appreciate you listening today. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.